Good morning, good morning. As we continue our question, why church? Let us, and as we prepare to read God's word, let us join together in our prayer for illumination. It is on the screen. Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. We're reading selected verses in chapter 8, beginning at verse 18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Jesus Christ. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today I'd like to do something a little different. I would like to do a bridge quiz. No, not a quiz about the game bridge, but a quiz concerning the most beautiful bridges in the world, at least according to the travel of the luxury travel expert website. They have a, a top 10 bridges. We're going to just look at the top three and see which of the, these bridges you know. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, we're ready. So let's begin with bridge number three. We'll see a picture on the screen. Okay. So do you know the bridge and the city in which it's located? So Florence, yeah. Ponte Vecchio, right? That's the only one that I've actually been to of the R3. All right, let's go to bridge number two. Anybody recognize that one? 
Who said that? Charles, the Charles Bridge. And yes, in, uh, in, uh, in Prague, in the Czech Republic. Yes, very nice. I would not have gotten that one. You probably will get this last one. Bridge number one. Which one? The Golden Gate Bridge. So how many did you get? Get one? Two? Anybody get all three? Yay, awesome, awesome. There's something that's, for many people, there's something that's so beautiful about a bridge. I've never visited San Francisco, but I hear that the Golden Gate Bridge is one of the must-see sites if you go. It's one of the travel uh, guides calls the Golden Gate Bridge the most photographed bridge in the world. The Golden Gate Bridge is a suspension bridge spanning the Golden Gate between San Francisco Bay and the Pacific Ocean. It's about a mile wide and it, it carries cars and trucks and pedestrians and even uh, bicycle travelers. In 2010, the American Society of Civil Engineers declared the Golden Gate Bridge one of the wonders of the modern world. Many said that it was a bridge that could not be built, but construction was completed 85 years ago in 1937. But now the Golden Gate Bridge is no longer the highest or the longest suspension bridge. It actually comes in number 18 as having the, uh, a, the, the widest suspension. The longest suspension bridge is Akashikiyo Bridge in Japan. It has a, the longest span of 6,532 feet. The cables that hold up the, the bridge are composed of 290 strands of wire. Each of the strands consists of 127 wires. The length of those wires would stretch around the earth seven or almost seven and a half times. That's a lot of wire. Its two towers are at 925 feet. It soars much higher than any other bridge. But there is a bridge being built in Turkey that's supposed to be completed this year that is going to be taller and even longer. Yet many attempts to push the limits to span great distances have not been successful. Maybe you've seen the video from 1940 of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge in Washington State. You can see it on YouTube if you haven't. Hit by strong winds, the bridge began to first vibrate and then pitch wildly, and then finally it just fell apart. It had only been open to traffic for a very few months. People likely have been thinking and dreaming about bridges, probably from the first time a, a human walked across a fallen tree across a stream. People seem to love to reach across water and, and to establish a, a link. And it's long been a, a human hunger to build immense bridges around the world. One current dream is to construct an intercontinental connection across the Strait of Gibraltar from Spain and Europe to, Mor uh, to Morocco in Africa. 
Current planners are calling for a structure that would stand 3,000 feet tall and dwarf any existing bridge. Driving from, from Spain to North Africa would be at least seven and a half miles. Currently, the, strong, the closest that you can get, though, to, to crossing the Straits of Gibraltar Bridge is on the Metaverse. Now, a bridge, even in our faith, is used for the oldest question in human history. How are we related or linked to God? And what can we do to bridge the chasm between humanity and the divinity? Embedded in our consciousness is a sense that our sin or our wrongdoing has estranged us from God. Some have thought that by working hard at good deeds or praying to idols of wood or stone, offering sacrifices or burning incense, that these efforts build a bridge from our humanity to the ineffable holy God. And Paul uses a archery image when he writes in Romans chapter 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's telling us that we've all missed the target that God has given to each of us. I think that a bridge metaphor would have worked as well instead of an archery one. All bridges have collapsed or failed. No matter how strong concrete may be, all will fail. Toppled by wind, crumpled by earthquake, incomplete because of the sheer magnitude of the task, they all fall too short. But then, but then God acted. And Paul writes that there is only one mediator between God and humankind. And we know who that is, don't we? It's Christ Jesus. Across the raging waters of our failures, our weaknesses, and our acts of disobedience, someone came who leaks humanity and the divine. We couldn't design such a bridge. We couldn't finance it. We didn't build it. And really, we don't deserve it. Paul's first century Roman audience already understood this. They had bied into that understanding. And we do too. Paul was writing to a congregation of Christians in ancient Rome who were concerned because they were living in a world where every excuse about what was wrong in the Roman Empire was because of them. The Christians in Rome wondered if there was a bridge between fear and hope, whether there was a bridge between suffering and glory, whether there was a bridge between the evil that was being done to them and the promise of, of the ultimate triumph. They understood Jesus Christ as their connection. He's our connection too, our link. He's the way, the truth, in the life. A different kind of bridge was needed and is needed now. A bridge that we are talking about is a bridge of faith, faith in Jesus Christ, faith in God through the power of the Holy Spirit, faith 
in a master bridge builder. So Paul writes, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Faith is a bridge that works. It connects us to God through Jesus Christ. It leads to hope. It leads to love and acts of service in the world. We love God, and as God's church, we embrace God's creative purpose for our lives, your life and mine. And we want to be the church of Jesus Christ. We want to be his body in the world. We want to, in the power of the Holy Spirit, work in unity, and we want to share his love and his grace. And we can be confident in spite of evidence to the contrary, that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good. That is, in the big picture, the pieces will all fall into place. It shouldn't have worked, but it did, and it still does. Faith is a bridge that stands strong in the storm. And Paul asks, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? The answer to Paul's question, of course, is lots of stuff. Paul even lists some of them in our reading today, doesn't he? He lists hardships and distress and persecution, famine or nakedness or peril or swords. All of these things were very real possibilities for the Christians living in Rome in the first century. Self-identifying as a Christian meant a loss of rights, the inability to conduct business in the marketplace, the loss of economic well-being, the possibility of being reduced to abject poverty and even the possibility of losing one's life or watching a loved one lose theirs. Now let's think again about the Golden Gate Bridge. When this built bridge was built in the 1930s, they said it was a bridge that couldn't be built. The bridge was to rise up in the, in the harbor of, of San Francisco Bay, an area known for its persistent foggy weather. It would be subject to 60-mile-per-hour winds and strong ocean currents. The Golden Gate Bridge is still standing strong today, even though it's been built to sway up to 27 feet. That's pretty amazing. As it withstands winds of, what, up to 100 miles an hour. What's at stake for us when we identify ourselves as Christians and as members of Christ's church. Well, we may gain the respect and admiration of others, but there are chances we will be considered a, a little bit odd, a little off from the ways of the world. We may be linked to fringe religious groups that, that we really don't have any connection to. It's not easy in our culture to live and to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of the whole world. But even though God be for us, there are plenty of storms that come our way that deserve, that, that uh, serve as a challenge to our lives. 
and that seek to weaken the bridge that we're crossing. We're buffeted by economic pressures. We're fearful of relationship problems. We're concerned about health issues. We're caught in battles of sobriety, insanity, depression, and despair. We're worried about issues of equality and economic opportunity, political divisiveness, international conflicts, global warning, warming, housing prices, interest rates, crime rates, and more. But as Jesus' church, we know a bridge that can span the void. A bridge that is critical to our well-being, even our salvation. It's a bridge that can stand strong in the storm. Because you see, God is with you and with me. Many things may be against us, but the bottom line is nothing will prevail against us. This is a bridge that is long enough. Walk this bridge and we'll make it to the other side. Nothing, Paul says, will be able to separate us from the love of God. Faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, is a bridge that is long enough. We don't want a bridge that when the rains come and the floods rise, it gets washed out. That's why Paul writes this. He says, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus says this, he says, do not fear, only believe. Jesus is inviting you and me into a relationship with God that is not going to be shattered by warfare or economic hardship or conflict. Jesus is inviting you and me to walk a bridge that will not collapse when it's battered by national turmoil or other disaster. He's asking us to let go of the, our grip on the things of this world and to hold on to him. Yes, man-made bridges are things of beauty, but none are as beautiful as the bridge of faith when walked by the believer. We all need a bridge, all of us, a bridge that works, a bridge that stands strong in the storm. A bridge that is long enough. A bridge that is high enough. A bridge to abundant life. A bridge that strengthens our resolve to be the church of Jesus Christ for the world, even when the challenges are high. So let's not be afraid, you and I, to step out to step out in the name of Jesus because, you see, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us.
Amen? Amen.